Hey there, everybody! Welcome back to episode 63 of Fresh Out the Podcast. I am a professional podcaster, Jahananan. It's me, it's me, Casualty CDG. I am your best friend's angry friend. And I am the professional media and movie mastermind, the funhouse, Drew Munhausen. It is very difficult to follow Gary with intros sometimes, because Gary likes to end it with something where I think that there's more coming, then he just stops. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's just talking to me, though. That's, yeah, I mean, that's true. (laughs) He did it right there. He did it right there. Masterful, sir. Masterful. Hats off. Thank you. Bravo. Do you know what episode of the show this is, Gary? Yes, this is episode 63, which is an important number in my life. I don't believe in numerology and all that because it's dumb and I'm bad at numbers. Um, but let's just say, like, if I go to the burger place, right, they give me a thing. They give me, your, your, sir, your number's going to be 63 when your burger's ready. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's that number again uh, when I was playing football. In junior high, they're like, your number's going to be 63, because my coach is the same guy who works at the burger place. Uh, so 60, and it's there was a highway one time. We were lost, right? We were driving. We were in Oklahoma coming down, and we were like, look right there. It's exit, like, 263, and it's Gary Highway. We were like, shit, no, that's crazy. Look, it's a 63 in Gary again. But, uh, numer- I don't know numerology it doesn't matter see those me, those are way better coincidences uh when it's I was, a number yeah you know what i mean it's my number when i was watching the the rehearsal uh <laughs> that guy in like the second episode made me want to rip my eyes out like oh, that's why i, I hate so number mad. people like that because they try to look for patterns and they start creating all these different things to try to justify the numbers that they're seeing Uh, And I'm not that way, right? I just, 63 is a number that has appeared a lot throughout my life, so much so uh, that I took notice of that, of that number. So, yeah, that's, that's my number, that's my, that's it, man. (laughs) I hate it the most when it's about time. Like, it's like, look, it's 44 again. It's like, yep, every, every hour. It yeah, happens. and every it happens minute, every, it's, every minute, it's going to be the forty-fourth second. Yeah, you have fun with that infinite loop, asshole. <laughs> it's so dumb. But yeah, I also sorry if you're into numerology. Uh, there I'm are not, varying degrees. If you're into numerology, and I mean way into numerology, seek help. Yeah. So on a completely different note than numerology. Um, you know, last week I got a little bit heated uh, talking about D23 and the Disney machine and the stuff that they're cranking out. However, we have, from a from a film standpoint, entered into my favorite season of uh, theater going and filmmaking uh, of the year. And that is, we're in the early festival season. And we are in a, getting into awards season. Uh, and you all know how much I like to talk about the Academy Awards, the Oscars, and all the other award shows that lead up to that. And with how many bad movies there have been recently, I finally have seen a couple good ones. And a lot of the news coming out of the festival circuit have, have talked about some positive movies. So I'm getting excited. Actually... As we speak right now, which, uh, you know, by the time this episode 
comes out next week, uh, audio-wise, this will be kind of old news. But all the critics at Toronto International Film Festival just saw Glass Onion, the new Knives Out oh, yeah. movie, the sequel, and the reviews are overwhelmingly positive. That's that surprising and exciting. That it's better than the, the first one, that it's bigger, it's better in every way, and they're hoping that Netflix has some sort of theatrical release for it because the best way to see it is in a theater full of people. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But Glass Onion gets brave reviews already. And the next movie they're all about to go see is The Fablemans, which is the new Spielberg movie. So there's there's some fun stuff happening. Were, uh, were you a fan of Knives Out, Gary? Um, I actually forgot. You forgot if you liked it or not? Interesting. Yeah, I've, I know that I've seen it, and I've seen it this year. Uh, but action movies sort of just go in one eye and out the other it's, for me. It's not an action movie. Then it's a, I, more of a whodunit. It's a whodunit. I'm not sure if I've seen it. <laughs> I think I have. Okay. You know what I mean? I think okay. I have. I'm just, I'm really... It's got Ana de Armas uh, and... Uh, yeah, I don't know who that is anymore. I don't, I don't know that name. And then Dan- uh, Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig. Uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Bond. Uh, no, so I didn't see that. I okay. didn't see James Bond and uh, Chad's mom from True Lies <laughs> in a movie together. I did not see that. Uh, <laughs> what a good description. Wow. No, Interesting. Um, it's really good, Gary. You should watch it. You should watch it's, it. It's, it's a very good, good movie. And then, yeah, so I was worried. The Netflix machine, is that what you guys are telling me? The sequel first is. The first film was uh, theatrically released. It was Ryan Johnson's uh, movie that he followed up, he directed that he followed up. uh, What's the second Star Wars movie called? The Last Jedi? He followed up The Last Jedi with, and it's kind of his passion project that he wrote and directed. And then after the first one, um, Netflix picked up the second and third films uh so they gave ryan johnson a big payday for them to be able to to distribute knives out two and three and so glass onion a knives out story is the sequel but it's like an anthology series it's a whole new mystery with a whole new ensemble cast this one's got Dave bautista edward norton kate hudson uh janelle monet it looks really good i like all those people you named that who well the ones whose names i knew is daniel craig not in it this time now, Daniel Craig is still okay, the, so he's the like a Poirot, Hercule Poirot type figure. Um, Catherine Hahn is also in it. Leslie Odom Jr. Catherine yeah, Hahn, there's a bunch right. of people in it. Yeah, uh, so yeah, I was worried about this one because I loved Knives Out. I thought it was really good. Sequels to these kinds of things, you know, they can go either way. Uh, I'm glad that you're saying what you're saying. The trailer looked good, and the fact that it was going straight to Netflix just kind of concerned me, as it usually can be a issue, but uh, mm-hmm. sounds like it's on track to be badass, so I can't wait to see it. Sounds like it's a big crowd pleaser, so it'll be interesting to see if they do some sort of theatrical release for it. It's not the first time they've done it. You know, they've done limited releases for things like The Irishman and even The Gray Man just recently did, but hopefully maybe something a little wider. We'll see. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's that. You know, the Venice Film Festival just took place, and that is just... You know, this film festival where everything a movie's success is based off of how long of a standing ovation it gets at the end. I don't know when this all started. It's the craziest thing, but they'll be like, you know, this movie just got an eight minute standing ovation and that is how you know that it was really good or not. Oh, but but this movie only got a three minute standing <laughs> ovation. So, you know, means that's good. Yeah, the, wh- the whale like... got like a nine minute one, right? The Whale is getting some pretty positive reviews. It's a new Darren Aronofsky film starring uh, 
Brendan Fraser. But a lot of the reviews for that are that the movie itself is just, you know, is, is pretty good. But Brendan Fraser's performance is getting universal praise from everyone. So it sounds like in the in the mix of the Oscar race, like Brendan Fraser is probably in the conversation. Um, who else is in there? Uh, you know, there's early talks of even somebody like Austin Butler from the Elvis movie. Best Actress is looking a little tougher because you got Olivia Coleman uh, in the new uh, in a movie called Empire of Light, which is directed by Sam Mendes. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff, but it's just interesting. Then there's all the Don't Worry Darling drama, which that's a whole other thing, which many people have done lengthy podcasts about that and the drama with Harry Styles and Olivia. Oh, uh, yeah. Olivia Wilde, Lawrence Pugh, and all that. That's a whole other saga. I won't get into all of that. Yeah, this is just, it's my favorite time, you guys. It's, and I'm going to a film festival next week. I'm leaving for one, so there's going to be lots of exciting stuff coming out uh, make from sure that. that after the movie is over you stand up and clap at the credits for the appropriate amount of time <laughs> uh yeah so you saw some movies i did so yeah that's all that to transition into you know this is kind of our normal what we've been watching what we've been up to kind of kind of thing and i actually get to see a film called the woman king uh, That's which, called the Queen, Drew. <laughs> which is a really great movie, actually. Uh, it's, it looked really good. This is in theaters at the time that this episode's dropping. It's in theaters now, and it's Viola Davis, and it also has Lashana Lynch, who was just recently in uh, No Time to Die, the 007 movie, and she's in Captain Marvel, and she had a small part in. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which I don't think is a spoiler at this point to say anymore. I think we're past that. Uh, Definitely. It's yeah. on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> um, John Boyega is also in this movie, oh. but it basically it, it's in the 1800s in the, a West African kingdom called Dahomey, and they have a all-female group of warriors called the Bagogie, who are just this incredible, like, just absolutely terrifying group of female warriors that are just really awesome and it's about the you know, defense of their home from uh, some other colonies and slavers and things like that which I went into this just kind of thinking like okay this is going to be a prestige drama you know we'll, we'll see what it is and the action in it was credible the, dra- the dramatic moments hit there's even some, some comedic moments in it that really work Viola Davis is always great. The Lashana Lynch is really, really good in this. It's just one that really caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting to like it uh, as much as I did. It was, it was really great. It's directed by Gina Prince-Wood, who she just recently did. Johanna, I bet you saw this movie. She did The Old Guard on oh, Netflix. Yeah. Did you watch that movie? Oh, yeah. Well, it was, yeah, it so was surprisingly is, good. Yeah, this is her follow-up to that. So this is her next movie. Interesting. Um the fighting in that yeah. movie was dope. <laughs> and so that I have actually not seen the old guard. The so old guard's dope. Admit. But have you seen I, the old that's guard what I heard at that time was how good the action was. Old guard. Uh, so long story short, old guard is a comic book about immortals uh, that like have to survive through time. Uh, and there are downsides of being immortal and blah, blah, blah. And it's a whole thing. It's pretty good. 
sounds pretty good. Led by Charlie Charlie's Theron. Uh, she's the main immortal person. Uh, it's a dope movie. Yeah, no, I'd be I've been following this movie too. Looking forward to seeing it because um, it's based on a true story, right? Yes, I was just reading that. According to OprahDaily.com, it is based on a true story. Because uh, these women warriors the, are historical figures. Yes, the origin of them is a little sketchy, depending on which century they came into being. Uh, but they were real. They did exist all the way up until 1858, at least. Sick. Yeah, no, the first, of- first time I heard about them was in... Lovecraft Country. <laughs> one of the characters like sends her soul through time and becomes one of them. So it's pretty That's cool. Sick. It was sick. It was sick as hell. One of these movies, these big, you know, kind of historic epics like Gladiator, Last of the Mohicans, which like they have a good legacy, but when you watch those movies, they're really cool moments. Sometimes they drag. You just don't know what you're gonna get. And this one. I don't know. It was just so well put together. Okay, it flowed well. The action was good. And in a movie where the action's really good, sometimes the performances on the dramatic side suffer, and you don't get that from this. Like All the performances are good. All the action is awesome. It's brutal. The story's good. I don't know. It's just good all around. Um, John Boyega plays the king in this, the king of this village. So he, you know, commands this army or will send them out to do what's necessary. Um... And he's really good in it too. He, I, I haven't really seen John Boyega in that much other than obviously the Star Wars sequel trilogy and things like that. But he is really good. I just wanted to give him a, a shout out in this. But uh, he's definitely surpassed by all the great film performances in it, like Viola Davis and Lashana Lynch and, and others. But uh, it was just nice to see him in something outside of yeah. Star Wars. The only thing I've seen him outside of Star Wars was like defend the block or whatever. That like alien invasion Atta- movie. I think it's attack the attack the block. block. It was actually not bad. Uh, it was watchable. It wasn't the best, but <laughs> it was it was okay. Um, I forgot. I watched a movie like that too. I'll add it to my list. <laughs> no, well, yeah, very good. So certified fresh, I assume. Sounds definitely so. I. I... I can't speak highly enough of it. I, I was just... I think I have to say Certified Fresh out the box. I don't think we can stop. <laughs> certified Fresh might be copyrighted Yeah, I think we have another... to say out the box. Yeah. Yeah, so that was The Woman King. And then another movie that I wanted to shout out is called See How They Run. So this is also in theaters this weekend. And... The thing about this, it's ironic that we opened the show kind of talking about Knives Out and the sequels, because when Knives Out came out in theaters in 2019, it kind of, I think, revived the whodunit for modern audiences a little bit. And so naturally, there's going to be some copycats or some, you know, some new whodunits that come out. And this is just that it's a it has a big, uh, mostly British ensemble cast um, but it is about a Agatha Christie play in London's West End in the 50s, early 50s, and a Hollywood director is brought in to adapt this play into a movie, and he wants to make a bunch of changes and, and so on, and so there's tensions. It's pretty meta. And then, of course, somebody dies. It's 
and bad. then like uh it. yeah and there's a lot of parallels between the play and who dies and then who dies in in quotes real life in the movie um but sam rockwell plays the detective that's brought in to help solve the Damn case it, and drew this sounded like a snore fest until you said sam rockwell i love sam rockwell I and that and Saoirse Ronan uh, is his, is like the deputy constable that's new and trying to prove herself and is and works with him. She looks very uh, uh, she looks very top of the morning to you mm-hmm. in the pictures I'm seeing. <laughs> Adrian Brody actually plays the American director that's brought in to direct the movie, and uh, David Oyelowo is in it. I can't ever pronounce his name correctly. But yeah, there's a lot of good people in this. Um, and the movie, I would say, is is okay. It's it's not as good as something like Knives Out, um, but the performances are good, and having Sam Rockwell and Saoirse Ronan in it, I think, elevate it because they are good. And there's a lot of style to it. Like You can tell the director must be a fan of, of Wes Anderson movies or something, because there's a lot of you know, kind of fun shots and quirkiness to it. They elevate it from what it could be. Um, I also like so yeah. Adrian Brody, and isn't he one of those guys that's been in a Wes Anderson project or two? Yes, he has. He's been in a lot of them. So it's almost like, you know, if, you, if you're shooting those kind of scenes and you pull him over, it almost gives you a little bit more of that flavor also. Yeah. And Adrian Brody is one of those people who's had a really weird career because like, he won an Oscar, and then after that, it's like they couldn't figure out what to do with him. They tried to put him <laughs> in action movies like King Kong and Predators that just so didn't, bad. He didn't really work, and then he kind of, I feel like, you know, thrived in Wes Anderson movies. King Kong and... was almost good. And then Predators <laughs> I liked. I like Predators. He, though, Adrian Brody, is not an action star. No. But to your point, Drew, he... What, what he sort of resurfaced in for me was winning time. Uh, yes, I know yeah, he's I been in a lot it. more, right? But that's where he sort of popped back up, and he was good. Uh, and, and, you know, he had some really powerful scenes across from Jason Siegel. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they had some really great scenes together, and they, they really stole the show, and it was hard to do. That was a great show. Yeah, he, like, he's really good in character roles where he pops up. Like, he's Pat Riley at big time, and then he's got a good role in this, and, and it works. So I'm glad that he's out there because he's somebody that I didn't necessarily hate to be harsh, but I didn't necessarily have like a super high opinion of him because of those action movies that I just didn't think he worked in. But seeing him in things like this and winning time, uh, I like him. So I'm like, yeah, I put him in more stuff like this. I agree. I I think he's a really powerful actor. And yeah, what do you put someone like that in? Because they're not good in an action movie. You don't need a powerful actor to steal the scene from a predator. That's not what that's about. Uh, Yeah, I'm glad they found somewhere to land him. Uh, So it's just... um... I think that it's tough because this weekend, you know, we're in a weird place theatrically where there's just not that much being released. It's really kind of a dead zone. But this weekend, we've got two theatrical releases between this, see how, and between The Woman King. And of course, of the two, if I had to recommend you go see one or the other, I would recommend you go see The Woman King. Um, but see how they run is solid enough. It's it's not the best, um, but if you like a good whodunit, you'll probably find something to enjoy here. Or if you're a fan of classic Agatha Christie type mysteries, you'll find something to like here. What um, if I have to choose between Barbarian and The Woman King? Oh, go see Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> 
I loved Barbarian. It's it's so good. But the woman, if you're if you're not into horror and you don't want to, you know, deal with that, then then definitely the Woman King. But for me, if I had to pick one or over the other, I would choose Barbarian. Fair enough. But yeah, so that is see how they run. And then I actually only other have I only have one other thing on my list for this week, and it is the movie called Respect, which I watched this because <laughs> every week uh, Apple TV or on the on the iTunes Store they do a ninety nine cent featured rental, <laughs> and if you rent it for ninety nine cents, you have thirty days to watch it. Uh, once you start it, it there's a forty eight hour window, but you have thirty days basically to start it. And so I rented it, and I finally was running out of time. I was like, I gotta watch this movie. This was a uh, Aretha Franklin biopic starring Jennifer Hudson that was kind of in the Oscar conversation last year. Uh, Jennifer Hudson was nominated for a Screen Actors Guild Award, but didn't get the Oscar nomination. Uh, but I went ahead and watched this, and it is as if a biopic machine turned out a biopic. Like, her performance in it is good, but I mean, there's just nothing new or original in this. Like, I guess if you really like Aretha Franklin, maybe you'll find something to like in this. But man, this was a bloated two and a half hour oh, biopic <laughs> that just, you know, was the most by the numbers biopic. I do not recommend it. I think that Jennifer Hudson's performance is good. But even I wouldn't seek it out for that unless you're just a really big fan of her. Um, I like biopics, actually. I'm usually, even even the boring ones, I'm usually pretty high on. And this one, even I could barely find anything to grasp onto. I, I just thought it was very slow and long and not enough cool. Even the big moment in the movie, like the big set piece moment is where she's finally recording Respect. And even that moment, you're just kind of like, oh, I guess, I guess this is happening now. Here it is. And, you know, it kind of lands with a whimper. So I do not necessarily recommend you go out of your way to see Respect unless you just really want an uninspired biopic starring Jennifer Hudson. Damn. R-E-S-P-E-C-T, y'all. Cold-blooded, Drew. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, well, hey, sounds like you watched some good movies. Uh, we'll move along Speaking to something that... Are, did you watch any movies, Gary? Biopics. I did see a movie, but I was going to segue to biopics. Um, there's a Mike Tyson show on Hulu right now that's like a Mike Tyson biopic episodical type of situation. Um, and I've seen this on there. Have you watched this? I have, yeah. We've watched every single episode. We waited for like three to come out before we got caught up because it's, an, it's, it's a weekly release. Um, but it's only six parts, and I think five parts have been released already, so at the time of this recording, the whole set may be on Hulu, ready to go. Um, it's the story of Mike Tyson, and they fast forward, but they show you his childhood, they show you his teenage years, uh, and what it was like growing up in New York at that time, and then they get you to his 20s, and they really sort of focus on his 20s to 30s, uh, and what's going on in his career as his first trainer and father figure pass away and sort of leave him abandoned in this world of boxers. His actual family was not very uh, influential to his life. They weren't really in the picture. And then they started to pass away as well. He lost his mom. He lost his sister. Lost the only family he ever had. And then gets sort of sucked into uh, Don King's boxer con man mentality. Uh, so it's, it's about him getting used, uh, about his failed marriage, 
Uh, it's a lot of behind-the-scenes Mike Tyson stuff. I love the portrayals of Tyson. The voice uh, of Tyson is great. I, <laughs> I'm going to have to say, you guys might need to turn on the subtitles for it because Mike Tyson is famously hard to understand, <laughs> uh, especially when he's having normal conversations with normal people, you know, and he just is mumbling and turns and looks away from the camera. It's just Mike Tyson. Uh, it's great. I, there's there's some part of my mind that likes Mike Tyson. He was an icon growing up in the 90s, Iron Mike. What a heavyweight champ. Uh, but also, everyone knows that he's done his fair share of horrible stuff, and he's sort of a loose cannon. Uh, so I like to watch a biopic like this. I recommend it. I think a lot, uh, a lot higher than Drew recommended respect does norm check this out because that's that's a good review and i feel like especially if the actor nailed the voice which you said that he does that's the key thing if you're playing mike tyson you gotta get the the voice and there's there's another thing too when you first see him he's like playing the 50 year old version of mike tyson on a live stage in front of a live audience like he's doing the hbo special it's it's told from that perspective so the first time you see him you're like eh, i don't think he's the guy because he's got, like, weird age makeup on. But then, like, halfway into the first episode, they finally show him in a boxing ring when he's, like, 17 or 18. And you're just like, oh, my God, that is the right guy. He's just in Mike Tyson's shape, and he sounds like Tyson. Uh, you know, he doesn't sound like old Mike Tyson or look like old Mike Tyson, but he doesn't need to. It, it, they just use it as a sort of a segue uh, in the storytelling, which is a nice way for him to break the fourth wall, too. The, the show's a lot of fun. My only question is, does Norm MacDonald reprise his role as Pigeon? Norm MacDonald is Pigeon. Uh, they do solve mysteries, as in Mike Tyson mysteries. Uh, that's all accurate. All of that actually happened. Um, and on the movie front, before I get too far away from movies, uh, I forgot I even watched this one. It almost didn't make the list. Uh, but I think when Drew was talking about movies that were just barely eh, watchable i was like oh yeah i watched a movie that was unwatchable samaritan um i love superhero movies and superhero shows and cartoons and i'll watch anything with superheroes i'll give it a shot uh so samaritan is led by sylvester stallone and the kid who plays Diego's son in season three of umbrella academy right 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 right. so that kid is going to be in a lot of stuff uh, we will end up learning his name. It'll probably stick with Drew before it sticks with the rest of us. But he's been an actor for, like, two years, and he's already got, like, six credits to his name. Uh, he, he's supposedly really easy to work with. He's really professional, and he's always ready to learn from everybody on set. And people really like him. Um, the kid's fine in this movie. Uh, Sylvester Stallone is Sylvester Stallone. I mean... You're not going to get uh, yeah. performance. I'm going to come over there, and I'm going to teach you a lesson. So, the plot of the movie is like this fits in the world of kick-ass really well. So Samaritan and Nemesis were two sworn enemies like 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And it's almost like a Batman or Captain America type of hero. Like he's enhanced, but he doesn't have like fire powers or anything. He can heal and he can beat people up. Uh, so Samaritan and Nemesis had a big standoff on a rooftop. Samaritan killed Nemesis and then he threw his mask into the fire and everyone thought Samaritan was dead. And this is like, you know, 20, 30 years later. Oh no, Samaritan's not dead. It's Sylvester Stallone. He's an old guy on a bus and he's going to save the kid from danger. Uh, Which, to me, is the old guy on a bus genre of movie. 
there's the, the Danny Trejo movie called like Passenger or something like that, where he's just an old guy on a bus who beats people up. Uh, then there's the Clint Eastwood movie, Gran Torino, where it's just kind of an old angry guy on a bus who tries to save the neighborhood. Um, this is Sylvester Stallone trying to do that with a superhero skin. It's not good, but it is watchable. It's watchable? Um, okay, interesting. Yeah, it, I was tempted good. because uh, I, too, like superheroes. And it did like kind of look like it had kick-assy vibes that sort of... I don't know. I will. I want to be very clear with you. It is not good, but it is okay. watchable. I don't need a movie to be good to watch it. I need it to be entertaining. That's right. It, it's and it's fine. You know, it's Sylvester Stallone's boring. Uh, when he's on the screen by himself, he's just not an exciting person to watch. Uh, his his entire career has been him blowing crap up. So if crap's not blowing up, he's not very entertaining. Uh, that's it for my movies. I watched Mike on Hulu, so let me talk about another Hulu hit. Um, I was preaching the Orville, Orville, Orville for months. Now, if you still got Hulu, I'm preaching Reservation Dogs. Uh, I talked about it last year when it was in its first season and they were still trying to find their footing. It's a Native American coming-of-age story. It's teenagers who are going through the rigors of what it's like to live on a reservation but it's totally covered in comedy. It's got three scoops of comedy on top. Taika Waititi is an executive director or executive producer on this one. Uh, so there's, there's some you know comedic flavor definitely sprinkled throughout that uh, it is really fresh and original. Particularly the ancestral Native American spirit guide is super funny. He's very funny. He's even funnier <laughs> in season two. Yeah, I mentioned uh, watching starting season two. Uh, one of the episodes, I had only seen two episodes at that point. I believe six are out now. Uh, yeah, all like pretty much all native cast and writing and like producing and direct. There's a bunch of natives involved in the actual show, uh, and you could tell just by the love that's in it. Um, honestly, this last episode, man, uh, Cheese is the man. <laughs> yeah, Cheese so is just I, the man. That's another thing I was going to say. In, in the first season, they tackle themes of depression and suicide and in this this season they're dealing with uh, loss of family and abandonment uh, and bees has come out as queer and he's like doing his best to really kind of bring the neighborhood together and uh you know make sure everybody stops doing stupid gangster ass shit uh so he's all about family and helping people see that family should come first for them i mean the show just has great values and great morals with some fantastic comedy sprinkled through it Please watch Reservation Dogs. If you have Hulu, uh, I'm sure you do. Please watch it. It's in its second season. It's indie creators. It's a quirky comedy. Uh, there's just a lot to love in this show. You, you haven't seen this show before. It's a good I'm show. Check it out. I agree. You haven't, haven't have you seen, seen it, it's not, an, it's not another show reskinned. You know what I mean? It's its its own show. Have you seen any Res Dogs, Drew? saw last year the pilot and liked it and just at the time was not in the market for new TV shows and you I You don't watch a lot continue. of shows. It's fair. You don't watch a lot of shows. I've been watching yeah. a lot more recently, so this might be one that I decide to pick up. I've heard good things about season two. It's good. Yes. Season two is better than season one. They definitely were trying to find their footing and I was worried that there may not be a season two. But I liked season one because I saw what they were trying to do. Uh, they found it in season two Definitely, they, they're they're kind of placing their feet and they're starting to run with it. But I still think that this is going to be a short season. 
and maybe next season we'll see what they're actually going to do as, a, as an overarching story. Uh, in season two, they're dealing, like I said, this is sort of a coming-of-age thing, right? So they're dealing with Bear, the main character, is getting his first job. Cheese got removed from his housing placement because his uncle got arrested for growing weed. Uh, Laura was running away from home and she came back because her grandma passed away. They've added a new friend to the group, but there's a lot of stress between uh, her and another particular girl. And so they, they mix in all these elements of real life and being a teenager and growing up. Uh, and, and I always love those coming-of-age things, and I know you do too, Drew. And I just think that uh, this particular story, the way it's told and the characters they use, I think you will like Reservation Dogs. Certified Fresh out Certified of the Certified Fresh. Uh, also on Hulu, I've been getting caught up with WWE. Ever since Stephanie McMahon took over, I decided... That being a kid who grew up in the late 90s in the Attitude Era, it was of my most importance to do my research to see what Stephanie and Triple H would turn WWE into. Uh, one of the first things they did was change the rating to TV 14. Now everybody calls everybody a bitch, so that's exciting uh, to see. That is exciting. That, yeah, you, you finally all the wrestlers get to call each other a bitch. It's just already overused after like three weeks. Uh, they're bringing back a lot of talent, which is fun to see. They bring in back big stars like Braun Strowman. It was great to see him again. Uh, but he comes in and cheapens four tag teams at once as he just beats up an entire tag team fatal four-way match. Uh, so it's more of the same. I mean, they're, they're not doing anything too different over there. It's it's still wrestling. Um, I like it. It, it, was, it was getting pretty bad. It was getting pretty stale. Um, I stopped watching now, for a while, yeah. Yeah, I go through phases where wrestling's Same. cool for like two years and then I can't stomach it for like four. Um, so I'm back into WWE right now. Um, it's a whole thing. Uh, I'm all caught up on Clash at the Castle. I can't believe that Sheamus and Drew McIntyre both lost while they were overseas in Wales. Uh, There's an awesome show, though. The fans in part of Wales lost their damn minds for, for Sheamus and for Drew McIntyre. Um it's, it's, it's like in Toronto whenever you go wrestle and the, the Canadian wrestling fans are just way better than the American wrestling fans. Uh, it was like that. The, the Welsh fans were nuts. It was such a blast That's to see. what happens when you don't have nacho cheese for blood. That is true. So I'm all caught up on WWE. If you want to talk about it at me, uh, we could talk about WWE. The last show that I'm watching, this is a Netflixer, so you can, you can get off of Hulu. You can go back over to Netflix now. A term, I, a Netflixer. This a Netflixer. we need to use that more often. If it's a Netflix show, it's a Netflix. Netflixer, like that. Uh, and this is this sure. is uh, this is a show for everyone. This is the Emmy award-winning Cobra Kai. Okay, season four won an Emmy. Drew. This what was season... the Emmy award that it won? I'm actually unaware. Best eighties remake. Yeah, best, <laughs> best Cobra Kai series. Does it matter? Most um, most boards broken. It's not best acting. I'll tell you that. Uh, but Cobra Kai season five is out. It snuck out because all week or for like two weeks, Netflix had um, Cobra Kai listed on the top of things that people are interested in, and I was like, "Why is this here? Nobody's watching this. Is season five out yet?" And I kept clicking it, and it wasn't. And then one day, all of a sudden, it was. So, season five's out. Annie and I, that's my wife, we were watching season five. It's exactly like the rest of the seasons, except this one takes place in Mexico. 
So they've outsourced some of their actors, and they've gotten some telenovela actors, I think, who are really over the top. Uh, so acting is just not a thing in, in season five of Cobra Kai, but it's not like it was a thing in any of the other seasons. Um, if you've managed to make it five seasons into Cobra Kai, then you will still like this show, just like I do. Uh, I've, I've gotten literally nothing to say. You know what this show is, right? It's, it's Karate Kid, except they're all grown up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys should, I mean... I don't know. Should you check it out? I'll probably watch it at some point. I've been, I, I don't know. I haven't gotten around to that one. It's not high on my list. But, I mean, you keep talking about it. It does sound good. And Connor you've, loves you've it. been right in the past. So and Connor is no fool. Oh, uh, yeah. Connor put me onto that show, uh, Mo, also on Netflix, about a uh, uh, Palestinian Muslim living in Houston. Uh, and, oh, boy. So first off, I don't know how that guy sounds exactly like Seth Rogen. Uh, <laughs> he was grating on me for a minute until I realized what he, he sounds just like Seth Rogen. Blows my mind. Uh, and then another one of the guys that was sitting at the hookah bar, one of the old men, sounds exactly like George Carlin. Blew my mind. But that shows that shows okay. Uh, not sure how I feel about it. Feels it doesn't feel. I've talked about representation before. Uh, these aren't my experiences. Uh, being a Middle Eastern in Houston, they really lay on thick the Houston. Like they're all they're talking about slabs. DJ screws like almost the only music they play. The dude gets addicted to to lean, <laughs> like like literally like that. And I'm like, man, you're really like you don't have to do all the Houston things in the first three episodes. You don't have to do like seriously every. Houston stereotype. Just check, check, check. They went to Funplex. <laughs> oh, no way. Funplex. Yeah. That's they went to Funplex. He lives in A Leaf, which is cool to see. I don't know, man. It's cool to see places you know and stuff, but like, seriously, uh, for anyone listening, if you're not from Houston, odds are a lot of stuff I'm saying is gibberish, but they just, man, if you're from Houston, they, they really you do references a lot. <laughs> It's a little much, and it gets kind of silly at times. Uh, but it is watchable. We watched the first like three or four in a row, so it's uh, it's a decent watch for sure. That's Mo. Is that on Netflix? It's Mo. It's on Netflix. Uh, it deals with the uh, themes of uh, PTSD and you know being a refugee and that kind of thing. And it's very. It has a lot of interesting stuff in it for sure, but it has a lot of silly stuff too. And the main character sounds just like Seth. <laughs> <laughs> to me, I don't know how. What else you been watching, baby? So the, the only other thing I really been watching, I mean, I've been watching like you know my my basic stuff in the background, like Community, blah blah blah. But uh, the main thing that I've been like looking forward to every week has been She Hulk. Uh, I've really been enjoying this show. Uh, four episodes are out. It's on Disney Plus. Uh, I mean, the third episode had me dying. Uh, the whole shtick with Megan the Stallion. Uh, finding out stuff about it behind the scenes was really exciting. Um, apparently the whole uh, after credit scene where she gets to to dance with uh, Megan the Stallion is because the actress is a gigantic fan. <laughs> and, like, when she said, I would die for you, uh, like, she meant it. It was pretty funny. Uh, I just think it was funny that guy thought he was dating Megan the Stallion. I did not expect her to be in the show after that. <laughs> 
but she was, and it was great. I was laughing really hard at that whole episode. Um, they finally started dropping some plot points in. People trying to steal her blood. And they apparently robbed an Asgardian construction crew, which I thought was really funny, too. Um, but I don't know, man. It's it's TV. It's very TV. Very episodic. Um, I liked Wong. Wong's been in it. Uh, and they even make reference to how he's Twitter armor in every episode he's in. <laughs> because they were, I guess, aware when they were making the show that they were going to get shit on. Uh, by the masses, but the uh, Wong showing up, that girl from where? Where's she from, Drew? Do you remember? Madison, spelt with a Y, but not where you think. <laughs> that, that that whole she's just the worst person ever, and I imagine she's from Florida. Um, but her and Wong's friendship blossoming, them watching The Sopranos, uh. You're I'm. You're ahead. I haven't seen this yet. Oh so no. Okay. You haven't seen this one yet. Well, it's okay. Those aren't really spoilers. Um, <laughs> you'll see Madison with the Y, not where you think. Uh, and Wong is heavy in the fourth episode. So I won't talk too much about the fourth episode. It was really funny. There's a whole like, uh, she's on a dating app uh, shtick going on. It's pretty funny. Um. And she gets to do some cool superhero stuff. It's it's a good episode. I I've been enjoying this one. It is the courtroom drama, uh, and like the back room of the Marvel and the MCU kind of thing going on that I really enjoy. A lot of uh, returning characters, that kind of thing. How? But you you like the show so far, right, Drew? Or... I do, and I'm I'm just behind because I haven't had a chance to watch the fourth one since it came out this past Thursday, because I have actually been watching this one with my wife. So I just, between the Rings of Power and gotcha. I've been to some movies here recently, some screenings and stuff, so I'm just a little behind. It has been a busy uh, couple of weeks. I do plan to watch it. And I do like how just bite-sized the episodes feel. Like, I watched two and three in one sitting, and it was like, they were both over in a flash. I think that it... I know Gary has some issues with the show, which, you know, I can let him go into in a minute if he wants. But my thing with it is, this feels... This is going to sound almost like... Uh, like a criticism, but I don't mean it to be such. It does feel like it could fit into the lineup of a network TV you yeah. know, comedy. It does. It, it feels like it could fit alongside something like a modern family or like a Big Bang Theory or something, despite your what your opinions may be on those yeah. shows. Like It feels like a network sitcom, which I think is what they were going for with it, with an MCU character. And so if you take a step back and don't look at it as this big piece of the MCU, which is something that a lot of people have a lot of stake in, yeah. um, I think it's a pretty solid, you know, half-hour comedy, um, but it happens to have She-Hulk in it, and so as far as, like, light, easy-to-consume entertainment, I like it. Yeah. This and is... I think the comedy actually hits pretty well, and I think this that's something that Gary has an issue with. Like, I actually find it to be kind of funny. I think the CG is a little to a lot rough at times, but for what it is, that doesn't really bother me very CG's much. not the worst. Everything you said I agree with. Uh, yeah, it, 
if look at this as a network television show, I would watch this every week for like season after season. Like this is, I, it entertains me. I find it enjoyable. Uh, My wife and I dread this show, and I am happy <laughs> to report that I will not be watching any more episodes. Nice. Yeah, you guys can just fill me in or whatever. I don't <laughs> care, and I hate it. <laughs> like I, the the amount that I look forward to. Sunday night to watching Game of Thrones, or even on Fridays whenever Lord of the Rings comes out. The amount that I disdain She-Hulk by comparison is insurmountable. I hate that show. It it shouldn't exist. It's <laughs> one of the worst things that Marvel has ever done, and I think that Disney should pull the plug on Marvel and pull the plug on Disney projects and just focus on Star Wars for a while. Because Fantastic Four is also going to be dog shit. We're not going to get anything good until the X-Men come around. And I am strapped in and prepared for like 15 more years of Marvel disappointment. She-Hulk, you're the cherry on top, and I'm done. <laughs> Luckily, I think Gary is kind of on an island for that one. For that... For that. Very scorching hot take. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this show's pretty well received. There's the obvious faction of people that hate it, uh, which you know, fuck those guys. But um, yeah, they were gonna but, hate it. But yeah, I they were gonna hate it no matter rather, what. But I would much rather people take the Gary approach. In if you don't like it, don't watch it. You don't don't like it, don't watch it. yourself to watch it and then hate watch it and complain about each one. Just don't watch it. You don't yeah, have to watch it. That's it. I'm yeah, good. Yeah, watch I'm, it. I watched three. I'm good. I, I tried. Watch the show. Give it your best effort. And if you don't like it, then shut the fuck up and watch something else. I, mean, I, think, the, <laughs> I think the fourth one's the best episode so far. Uh, yes, that may be true, but you also liked the other ones and I didn't. So I did. Even if it were the best one, I still don't think it's going to be worth my... Uh, I don't think it's going to be worth the trip back to Disney+. Plus. Megan the Stallion uh, also, in the third episode You know, Drew, you know so what funny. else, Drew? Is Pinocchio happened on Disney+. Plus. So it's like, do I even want Disney+, Plus anymore? Like, if it wasn't for Star Wars, do I even want this damn app? Uh, this, they're, they're on thin ice, buddy. They also dropped, uh, you can watch, if you haven't seen it somehow yet, uh, Love and Thunder's finally on there. So, I've been thinking about giving that another watch. Personally. Yeah, I probably Hulk. need to to make sure that I didn't hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I am interested to see what my second watch opinion of that one is. Uh, but yeah, She-Hulk so far, great, good stuff. Uh, if you're into that kind of thing. I've always been a fan of She-Hulk, so I'm not surprised. This is pretty much what and, I expected from the show. And we talked about this before the show came out, right? Is how I wasn't a fan of the character, and I yeah. didn't like the books. And I didn't think I was going to like the show. Uh, so I gave it a fair effort, and I, it's exactly what I thought it was going to be, right? And I just, it's not what I like in superhero uh, shows. It's not what I'm looking Fair for. enough. It's definitely not a typical superhero show. Uh, that just happens to be what I like about I, it. I also don't like uh, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, or Bird Girl, Attorney You don't like, Law. okay, if you don't like Harvey Birdman, that makes sense, because this is... I And I love the idea of it. This right? is a good it's, show it's just, if you like Harvey Birdman. It's such Bird, a man. good idea, and I just think it kind of falls flat. I'm surprised you don't like Harvey Birdman. I want to. Did you to Did like you get that show. thing that I sent you? Get the thing that you sent Did you get that thing oh, that I sent you? 
Okay. It's a Harvey Birdman. You want to talk about the games that you've played, Jahan? It's a Harvey Birdman joke. Uh, Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. All right. So, yeah. That's all that we've been watching here on Fresh Out the Podcast. But I've been on a bit of a a rampage when it comes to video games. Look at all those games. Yeah, two of those on that list I beat. So, uh, I already talked a little bit about Spider-Man, a little bit about Cult of the Lamb. Uh, on the show. I have beaten both of those games now. Uh, so, Cult of the Lamb, fantastic start to finish. Uh, that game's a lot of fun. I wound up having... I had, like, 25 followers at the end of the game. You get a fight, you know, the the one below it all. The boss fights are great. The, the management of your cult is a lot of fun. Um, and, like, the side quests are really fun. Like, uh, there's a Midas... In uh, this, like, he Midas's kingdom, you can go there, and if you want to, you can sacrifice your followers to him, and he'll give you bits of like uh, trident that you can use to buy power ups. Uh, and he turns them into gold statues, it's pretty good. Uh, but that game's really fun, it's hugely hyped, and I believe that they've said that they are going to do DLC. Very excited for that. Um, if you haven't checked it out, check it out for sure. Absolutely 100% fresh out the box. Uh, Spider Man. This game, if you have a PlayStation, this is old news. If you do not have a PlayStation, if you're a PC gamer specifically, because you can access this now, Spider-Man is available on Steam. You can get it right now. It is one of the best games I've ever played in my entire life. Uh, Before, when I talked about it, I hadn't gotten to the part where a thing happens. Uh, well, well, fuck it. I mean, it's been out for a long time. <laughs> the Sinister Six happens, and after from that point on, the whole game changes. It, the, some of the greatest boss fights I've ever had. One of them was uh, Electro and the Vulture. Doing that fight is one of the greatest boss fights I have ever played through. Um, seriously, the game start to finish is fantastic. The end of the game actually made me cry. It, it really gets you. Um, if you haven't played it, seriously, believe the hype. It, it is one of the makes, best games ever made. It made me feel like Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't just playing a game. I was having fun. I was having Spider-Man fun. The way that you move around, the way you interact with the world, and then the boss fights are just so Spider-Man-y. Uh, and I know that may sound dumb, but as a guy who plays a, a ton of video games... Uh, you know, the characters feel different. He feels quick. He feels agile. Your moves are exactly what you want them to be. Uh, the fighting styles you use, hanging on the sides of buildings and whipping people off. It's just such a nonstop fun game. I love that Spider-Man game. One of my, yeah, and there's a lot of fun Easter eggs and that kind of thing, and you can unlock a lot of cool costumes. Uh, but my jaw, like, dropped when I saw one of the ones I unlocked. It makes you cel-shaded. And then... Uh, like you look like an old timey comic, and you, but you just move through the regular world, and it looks really weird. But it unlocks a power. Uh, you can replace your useful power with the power to quip, which you just you kind of knock everybody like mildly backwards, like barely does hardly does it. But then you say something funny. Uh, very classic Spider Man. Good stuff. This version of the game comes with all the DLC. Miles Morales sold separately and only available on PlayStation, I believe. Um, but seriously, one of the best games I ever played. I also uh, bit the bullet because I've been enjoying all these PlayStation games so much. Um, I got PlayStation Network on my PC, right? Having issues with the controller, 
because you really need a PlayStation controller to enjoy them because you have to push that stupid button in the middle, <laughs> like plate, to do like some stuff. Okay, and touchpad, touchpad button. Yeah, so I started playing The Last of Us. You need the touchpad a little bit to like kind of do stuff, but there's a way to get into the menu without it. Uh, through the crafting menu. Is this the the original version of The Last of Us, or is this the brand new, old, ground-up remake of The I Last of Us? I think this is the remaster that I'm playing. Okay. Uh, and it, just came, it literally just came out. Whatever it is, it is a PlayStation Classic. It has that above it, so it might be the original. Oh, but... no, this is that's the original. Then. Okay. So I'm playing the original. It is, yeah, it's on PlayStation Network, which is a monthly fee kind of thing. I paid for, like, three months... And I'm going to see how I like it. Uh, and I have a controller on the way. But yeah, The Last of Us has one of the greatest outbreak sequences I've ever seen in a game. I haven't gotten to play it very much. But the beginning of the game's fire. It's very intense. Uh, very emotional. It's hard. Uh, there are some hard moments very early on. And they continue. It's just a, a bunch of uh, rock and a hard place situations. Um, so far, I really like it. I like the story. I like the world building. I didn't realize that, like, this was like a zombie thing, uh, but it is. And so, of course, I love it. Um, so far, so good. It's a cool game, and I can definitely see what the hype was about. I can definitely see it. I think The Last of Us translates really well to a movie or to a show. Just the way that the game is, it's directed really well. There's a lot of great cinematography, cool shots, and cool camera angles. So you're looking forward uh, to the show? Yeah, I think it really lends itself to that very well. Um, and, and almost in a way where the show is bound to be worse than the game because the game was intended to be sort of like a movie or a show. Uh, it's already done in, in that in that vein. Yeah. Um, Except for all the pushing dumpsters. You will find yourself pushing lots of dumpsters. Lots of dumpster pushing. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. But yeah, it's a very fun game. Uh, cool stealth elements, cool fights. The fights are not. If you run in, start shooting, you'll die. Um, it's an interesting game, man. There's a lot of cool mechanics, and I am into it so far. Um, but yeah, so I've been touching all these PlayStation Classics. Uh, the other one I tried, this one I got stopped because of my controller. Uh, but Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, so far, so good. I got to the part where you fight the Sawtooth, beat the Sawtooth. That was really cool. Um, this game's interesting. Is Forbidden West, the sequel, is that on PC yet? Or is it just the first one that's on PC? The So the first one's on PC. Uh, Forbidden West, I don't think you can get yet. You might be able to, but this one, I got this on PlayStation Network as well. Um, but you can buy it on Steam. I just had PlayStation Network, so I didn't feel like paying money for it again. Uh, but yeah, this one is very fun, very interesting. I didn't realize exactly what it was. I, I know nothing about the game. So it is one of those games where like this is post-civilization, you know, like Ooh, or you know, it's one of those more... settings. Much more story focused than you would think for a game that's core gameplay is about giant robot dinosaurs. Yes, it, the, the story is really solid. Uh, I have some issues with some of the casting, but I will talk about that now. Um, I say her if you haven't played Horizon, it's definitely worth the play. The hunting is dangerous and scary and fun, and the animals feel like living animals that will murder you. Um, 
and they have this complex, like, society. I don't know. It's pretty cool. I like the whole, like, she found this device thing that lets her see special things kind of, kind of storyline. Um, yeah. I like that game. So I've been playing a lot of PlayStation games. I see what the hype is about. I have been missing out being just an Xbox boy. Yeah, but, uh, PlayStation has tons of great single-player adventure games. Way more than Xbox has. Yeah. Um, but Xbox has a really good online community. And maybe not good, but they have a lot of good online games, right? Uh, very active communities. Maybe good's not the right word. They're kind of toxic. Uh, like any online community, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I've got one game I've been playing, John. We actually both took huge craps on it. So much so that you got yourself a, a refund. You I got a refund. This game. I got a refund. Take it, take it back, shove it up your ass volition. Oh. Uh, you said Tank Saints Row back. I said, let me, keep, let me keep going around. Let me keep messing around in Saints Row. Um, I can, without a doubt, tell you the characters do not get any better. <laughs> I but, didn't think they would. But I have solved this problem. What I do instead is put on Spotify so I don't have to listen to anything in the game. Uh, and then I just drive around and do missions. Uh, you, The further you go in the game, you unlock like business ventures. And each one of the business ventures has uh, between like 5 and 12 side missions to do. Um, some of them you remember like the insurance fraud where you just go limp in traffic and get launched by vehicles. Oh like, yeah, insurance scam down. missions, those are the best. Yep. So the insurance mission scams make a comeback, which was really welcome news for me. Those uh, are the best. Then there's, there's some stuff that's not quite as fun. Uh, like there's helicopter tow missions where you have to come in and pick something up with a helicopter magnet cable and fly it back across town while you're getting shot at. Uh, and then you have to do that 12 times, you know, to, to complete the mission quest. So some of the things are a bit annoying and taxing. You just find yourself doing the same thing over and over. But, Jahan, yeah. my car is like a 1950s hot rod. And I put a tow cable on the back and nitrous. So I got to these tow missions where you had to tow different stuff. You had to, like, tow a boat or tow a crate of fireworks or tow an engine. And so I would just back up my own personal car and shoot the tow hook and just lead these absolutely insane Fast and Furious type car chases across town with fireworks blasting out of the back of my car. You know, people on the roof shooting at the bad guys. Uh, I unlocked all the skills. I hit max level. And the most important thing about hitting max level, I think it's worth noting, is that it is not a diamond achievement. So huh. that means that, like... Over 10% of people who are playing Saints Row are maxing out. Uh, other people besides me are enjoying it. It is not. So, it, there's not a great story and the characters are bad. But you can put on Spotify and have a great time driving around and wreaking havoc all across the world. Um, so for what it's worth, I think maybe we went a little hard on Saints Row the first time. Uh, they have a co-op feature. The game did not... It was not a co-op game. It just had a co-op feature, and it felt bad to play it co-op. You could tell it was half-assed. Playing it by yourself and ignoring the story, it's an okay game. <laughs> uh, you really polished that turd for us, Gary. Uh, Look, man, I'm still not even pre prepared to say that it's certified fresh out the box, but I am uh, prepared to say that it's fine. Yeah, I would fight you. <laughs> I hate. I hated every second of that game. But you dropped out of it before the business ventures even started. Yeah. Uh, so you were still in the tutorial phase of the game. Yeah. And it was really bad. Uh, I'm 
no argument. It gets better. I could just tell while you're talking about it and like trying to put a positive spin. Jahan just has that look of like, no, this is <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> I could see it. I don't know, but like I, it's not, like I wanted to like the game. I'm a huge fan of the series all the way up until the most recent one. Like I like every single one of them. Uh, the fourth one is ridiculous, but it was aware that it was ridiculous. This one. I don't know, man. They lost. They lost their their uh, their clown powder, in my opinion. Or there's They're too much clown powder. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There's there's an improper mixture of clown powder. They don't no. have that Saints Row je ne sais quoi. <laughs> like no, it's not no, right. No, they don't. But it is still a. Uh, I believe you that it's a playable turd. I believe. Yeah, I was. I was going to say it's. You know, it's. It's still an action crime. Whatever the hell they call that genre of game. Yeah, there's a chance uh, that I would go back to it if it was like way cheaper or free. But I am not dropping sixty bones on that. I will be surprised if Saints Row doesn't come to Game Pass. I think it will, <laughs> because Agents of Mayhem did, and that other game did. Volition games go to Game Pass. It's fair. Um, so yeah, I mean, a couple months, give it six months or less, I bet it'll be on Game Pass. And then what you should do is mute the characters, turn them down where you can't hear them, and then put on Spotify while you play this game. <laughs> a rigged endorsement. <laughs> I was about to say, a, a rave review. Uh, yeah, I, I want to make sure that the people who made the game, who are listening to this... I like what you did when you made the game, but it's the people who wrote the game who should feel bad about themselves. I'm still playing the game because of the people who made it worked hard and it's playable. But I just turn off all the voices because the people who wrote it did not work hard and it is not listenable. It's terrible. They should feel bad. Everyone should feel bad. <laughs> That's my opinion. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's fresh out the podcast. That's what we've been doing. You're all caught up now. Now you know what to think. So think what we think, and you'll be okay. Um, I've been Jahananan at RockFact on Twitter. Hit me up with uh, hashtag. What was our hashtag this week, boys? Uh, hashtag. Sage No, don't hit me with that. Hashtag Polished Turd, and let us know what you think about games or shows or movies. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's me, Casualty CDG. If you like tabletop role-playing games, come check out Jahan and I every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night from 8 p.m. until 11 p.m. Central Standard Time. We play games with people. Uh, we talk to creators. We interview them. We read new games. We're just always doing uh, game-type stuff. Uh, so if, if that's your scene, do that. Um, don't forget, if you have Hulu, watch Reservation Dogs. That's my recommendation for you this month to do if you're a Hulu guy. Thank you guys for joining us, and we will see you on the next Fresh Out the Podcast. I am Drew Munhausen, at Drew Munhausen on Twitter, and it is worth noting that this week, on Thursday, September 22nd, I will be in Austin for Fantastic Whoa. Fest. Uh, for a whole eight days of horror and genre filmmaking film festival. So first off, if for some reason you listen to the show and you're going to be there and you see me, say hi. Uh, secondly, I am planning to have lots of cool interviews and features and things that hopefully we will have popping up on this channel throughout the week. 
Um, that is the hope right now. I will hopefully know more once I'm there and can get some things going. But uh, yeah, so be on the lookout for some fun, fantastic fest coverage coming at you uh, in the next week or two. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay fresh.